0: NFL week two was so crazy, I didn't get to drop this Manic Monday episode on Monday. So we're giving it to you in two parts. Today, on this here glorious Wednesday, and then part two, on Sunday. This is multiple hours of content, so we definitely had to chop this one into two, because we got way long-winded with some way silly questions. This is the first installment of silly grab bags, y'all. So grab some bags, let's get silly. D2. Sports coming at you. It ends in something sloppity. Uh, Yeah, it's something. Nick, would you like to uh, examine if you've mastered counting down yet? Running theme here.
1: We've had a, a tough time with this in the past. What number should I start? All right. 28, 27, 26, 25. That's too much.
0: That's, that's too far out. Yeah. it's a t- uh, 20, 28's an also oddly specific number to land on to start at. Like 24. Not quite 30. <laughs> a little higher than 25. Okay.
1: Two. One.
0: Oh, we're in. All right. D2B2 Sports. Loud, clear, coming at you deep in the underground. Weekend edition. Weekend edition out here. Saturday
1: afternoon. Oh, yeah. Saturday afternoon for us. Who knows what day of the week for you? No idea. Soon to be, for us, college football season. Perhaps oh, yeah. soon to be rugby season. Perhaps cricket. Yeah,
0: per- yeah, it all depends on time of year, baby. We'll We're find out. We're world- worldwide. We're world- yeah, worldwide 305. Well, I'm Derek Weber. I'm Nikki Sager. And we're fucking pumped to be here with you today. This is
1: going to be an entertaining episode. It's our first installment, our inaugural attempt at this. We're going to call this the uh, the, the Grab Bag Show, I think is what we are Ooh, I like that. It.
0: The Grab Bag works for me. And uh, the Grab Bag, what we're doing is uh, I've written down 10 questions for Nick Sager over there.
1: I've done the same. 10 questions to pose to D's. A pretty interesting yeah. novel concept. Um, yeah. I think we went into this with... No true direction other than entertainment and sports and some sort of a hybrid. And I I have a feeling that as I was coming up with my 10 questions, D's and I probably took the same approach where I started out with a couple that were serious and then it just progressively decayed into more nonsense questions that had a centralized sports theme, but are, they went off the rails in a hurry.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny? I was actually kind of the inverse where like, uh, my most absurd stuff was the first handful I wrote down, and then around like questions like six through eight, I had a few that are kind of like, more about your sports background and like things that like brought you joy in the sports world, but a serious note.
1: I've got a couple and of those that, as well. Yeah,
0: and then back to nonsense for the last couple I wrote down. But we're doing this in a random drawn order, so who knows when he'll draw the serious and
1: when he'll draw the nonsense. Yeah, and I didn't start in Funky Town. I started in Mainstream Land, And yeah. the Train... Took me to Funky Town.
0: Man, don't, don't you take me down to
1: Funky Town. <laughs> um, who's going to go first, Steve? Should we just dive right in? Do you know, we need to keep talking about this? I feel like we gave a good Yeah, that's the, introduction. That's, the
0: that's what we're doing. But no,
1: we're going to do... Let's just hit it. We're
0: going to do the good, fun media ceremonial flip of some weird object. And currently, it's actually been this for a few different episodes of different shows. Sure. I have lighters on me a lot. So Perfect. we're going with Bic or back?
1: Pick or back?
0: Pick or back. All right. Call it in the air. Back. Oh, it's big. Pick it is. Uh, so I'll go first. I'll go ahead and uh, take the first with my I was curious Bic what was
1: going to happen because we never actually well, identified I've, what I got if I won.
0: I was basically presuming the the winner got to just pick who goes first or Fair. second. So I will ask Nick a question first. Unfolding the piece of paper. Do you think Danny DeVito could beat a sloth in either of the following, a foot race or a game of volleyball.
1: Could beat a sloth. Yes. I tend to think, i got to be honest with you, right? I think that what Danny DeVito lacks in, uh, first of all, height and leg length, which equates to stride. I would think that he probably makes up for in hustle and sheer desire. I think that, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a, a like a quick base stealer that is very, very short that you might see in the MLB, a guy that really knows how to get up and go despite his physical limitations. I feel like maybe, if I remember like D. Gordon, I think D. Gordon was pretty short. I think Juan Pierre was a fairly short guy. I think you're missing uh, a great equation here to running backs. Got a lot of short, run- short guy running backs out there. Sure, but I, the, I don't know how – well, I guess it's tough to I, – when I think about running backs, I think about them in, like, football helmets and pads. And I don't know how you play volleyball in a football helmet and pads. It's a
0: great, it's a great point.
1: Um, I've actually seen a sloth in real life. Uh, I was at the zoo in Hawaii, the Honolulu Zoo. I believe
0: that's got a ring to it, even if they have I like it's, it's
1: Honolulu Blue, Honolulu Zoo. Yeah, damn right. And it's, I, the only real comparison I can come up with to seeing them in person was seeing them in the movie Zootopia, the animated sloth when oh, they work at yeah. the DMV, which was like such a perfect stick for animal to real life uh, job.
0: Real, li- real quick note about Zootopia. I may or may not have went and seen that movie in the movie theater with our pal Brian Riley, (laughs) and in that process, we may or may
1: not have been on LSD. I was... Eager to see if that was the direction well, yeah, this was May go. or may not have been. Like the fact that you called him out by real name as well. <laughs> Shout out, Brian. What's up, buddy? Hope you're doing well. Legal name. <laughs> you throw his middle name out there just in case there's yeah, any debate. I guess I
0: could have just left the last name off and <laughs> been like, if there's a bunch of Brian's in the world, no. Shout outs. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I love my pal. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that sloth scene, we were both just fucking crying (laughs) laughing for five straight minutes. Just, yeah, in the theater with, like, eight other people around, because it was, like, a Tuesday, 2 p.m. show. Perfect. So it was just, like, us and, like, eight other random people, which was basically just, like, two families, essentially. (laughs) Even better. Yeah, great stuff. Even Uh, better.
1: Two families and uh two Raving LSD induced lunatics.
0: Yeah, 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 good times, good times. had <laughs> a, had a, had ourselves a very fun time. We were responsible. had his, had his girlfriend at the time come pick us up. Smart. Yeah, so that part, it all went really well. It was a great day. Highly recommend movie theaters and LSD if you're <laughs> into that sort of activity. But anyway, back to your uh, point about the sloths and Zootopia
1: in relation to Danny DeVito. So what's amazing is that sloths. Legitimately, move unbelievably slowly in real life. Like, if you were to watch a sloth move in real life, you would think you were watching a different, like a video of a different animal moving in slow motion because their movement is steady, it's not herky jerky, it's just at an incredibly slow pace. And they, apparently, they sleep like 23 days out of the year as well. So, I'm sorry, 23 hours out of the day, 23 days out of a year would. Very limited sleep, but twenty-three <laughs> hours out of the day they basically <laughs> just like once every two weeks they yeah. sleep a whole day. Get a quick little <laughs> quick little twenty four hour slumber and back at it for a couple weeks. Back awake for a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. It's like they, some old school railroad worker from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> nice. Um but that being said, I don't know that a sloth would have any athletic ability whatsoever. Particularly yeah, I, volleyball. Volleyball. Rec- I'm curious as to why you chose volleyball because that requires some, yeah, you know, dexterity and some sudden movement. I feel like I should upgrade the animal slightly. I might have went like
0: too lazy on the sloth because I wanted to give something that felt like competitive balance to Dandy DeVito. So I didn't want to go with anything like overly athletic animal wise. I went. Well, I think I went too under athletic with the sloth. <laughs> so like, let's let's. Uh a modified what if it, like,
1: like a beaver. Ooh,
0: there we go. Yeah. Uh, I would think that actually a beaver... I have a beaver related question later, so I don't oh, want to hammer home sakes. on beavers too much. Uh so let's uh yeah, a couple animal related questions. First time in, in your cup.
1: life I've ever heard you say I don't want to hammer a beaver too much. <laughs> oh nice. Well done. Yeah, that's some good double entendre work right there, amigo. <laughs> all right. I'm going devito all day. In any Okay, I'm going to switch it up a different direction. I'm going to say that if I had to pick something Competition-based, I don't know if you can go sports-related, competition-based that Danny DeVito would legitimately lose to a sloth, um, I would say uh, chess.
0: Mm.
1: Actually, I'm going to go board game. chess, checkers, Chinese, checkers. I think DeVito takes the sloth in risk, though. I would assume DeVito very aggressive in the game of risk.
0: I, too, would picture Danny DeVito as very aggressive in risk, but I also picture Danny DeVito as, like, someone that targets the railroads and, like, the second strip of properties too aggressively a monopoly, monopoly and loses. Yeah. So, like, good at risk, not as good at Monopoly is about where I picture Danny DeVito's board game skill set.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. That's my final I answer.
0: also picture him as the guy that takes a guess way too soon in Clue. Like, has, like, three total pieces of evidence. It's like, I'm going to try to solve.
1: <laughs> but, like, always says it was somebody with the rope. Like, the room and the... And- the, the murderer might be up for debate, but like he's Always convinced the rope. it was the rope.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Even if he's discovered it wasn't the rope. We're going rope.
0: We're going rope. Nice. All right. All right. Good answer. Good, thorough answer. Appreciate that.
1: I'm bringing something at you, D's.
0: Coming at me. Bring the noise. Really had to fumble through the papers there for a minute. Got to love it. Oh, uh, There's a, a lot of writing on this one. Ooh, oh, I wonder boy. where we're going. Here we go.
1: What athlete, this can be any sport, what athlete do you most want to see switch teams? This can be for entertainment, like just a guy that you want to see play with other guys, or it can be the perfect fit to build a championship. So, like, I would say, like, a comparison would be, like, Kevin Durant going to the Warriors was, like, a perfect fit to, like, well, maintain a championship team, I guess. Or it can just be, you just want to see this guy play for this team. All right, well, um... Let's see here. Let's see here. Um, I'm going to go with
0: a two-fold answer here. I'm going to go with entertaining purposes, and I'm going to go championship building purposes. Even better. Nice. Um, So for my own entertainment purposes, I'm going to bring DK Metcalf over to the Lions. I just like the dude. I like this, like, massively swole fella who's running around all over the place. And uh, I think he'd look real good in the Honolulu blue. Don't know if he's going to bring us a championship, per se, but I I just for my own
1: selfish reasons, I like the player a lot and just want to bring him to Detroit. I think one of the funniest things I've ever seen was during the draft process when Seattle took DK Metcalf, there's that video of him coming into the room shirtless, and Pete Carroll is just like, holy shit, look at this guy, and then takes off his shirt also. Yeah, That was one of the... I I don't know. If I were DK Metcalf, I would have immediately been like, I'll play with this guy.
0: Yeah. No, I, I too, I think that's an iconic draft moment. Yeah. Like, iconic level draft moment. And it's part of the reason I like DK so much because, like, the way he reacted to that was so fun, too. Like, he was super into it. Sure. It was hilarious. Like, I've been into DK ever since, I think, that draft moment. I think that was a moment where I was like, hell yeah, I dig this guy.
1: Uh, So, yeah. Quick trivia question. Yeah, please. Can you name the other wide receiver that played for DK Metcalf's college team? Ooh, no, I cannot. And I'm 99% sure was drafted the same year. I cannot, sir. A.J. Brown. Oh, dang. Imagine A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf as teammates. That's insane. There's a bunch
0: of those through, like, college football history where you're like, wow, this team had that pair of receivers together? Javar
1: Chase, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, like, you're like, that's bonkers. The running uh, backs, Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas were on the same college. (laughs) What the hell?
0: What the hell?
1: uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: wild. It's crazy stuff. Um, and then for championship winning purposes, um, I think that if fricking. God, who was I just go? I just had a good one in my head before I did the entertaining purposes one. Hang on one second. I got to cycle through here. Oh yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) If Boston Or Miami, for the record. Boston or Miami could figure out some combination of, like, one of their young star potential pieces. So for Miami, I guess it's, like, Tyler Hero and a package around him. And for Boston, it might be, like, Jalen Brown and a much smaller package around him. For Dame Lillard, I think either one of those teams wins a title. If they figured out a way to... Because it's... I would guess... But Dame keeps insisting and he's there for a the long run. He just signed a like insanely massive contract. I was so going to say he's pretty yeah. dedicated to the Portland thing, but Portland's not going to build a winner around him. Like Portland's just not enough of a destination to pull it off this way. It was like, only a
1: 2-year extension, but it keeps him there through 07, yeah. And it does oh, make sorry. him
0: the highest paid Two, pla- it does make him the highest paid player in NBA history now. A, on the, on until the pro season. well, And guy. again, that's for like only another year as the cap just keeps going yeah. up. But still of note and uh, deserving.
1: That's like, like the highest paid player in NFL history is just like whatever quarterback got the last contract. Right. That's Basically. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Joe Flacco at one point.
0: Right. Touche. Um, it's been Matt Stafford at like two different points.
1: <sighs> well, one of them was the, the day after he got drafted. Yeah. <laughs> Remember? I do. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. That really. And keep- then that record was broken by Sam Bradford when he got drafted the next year. And then the following year, they finally fixed this. Yeah. Which was so long overdue. Oh, man. And then Cam Newton is the one that got boned.
0: Yeah. Tough. He went
1: from like 72 million to like 23 on his rookie deal. Tough break, Cam. But,
0: uh, yeah. If not the Dame Load thing, um,. I guess the one that's in everybody's minds more is Kevin Durant right now, just because uh, of that game of chicken that's happening between him and Brooklyn and their whole pretty vitriolic situation. Um, I think. Well, if I'm Brooklyn, we'll if I'm Brooklyn, you know who ha- you know who recently won themselves a championship by risking it all on a player that might leave another year or two later, Toronto. You know who's pretty well built with a bunch of extra assets right now to go out and get a Kevin Durant. Toronto. Hmm. Imagine Toronto packaging, like, Pascal Siakam and just gobs of picks and maybe another young guy or two. And then having Scotty Barnes, Kevin Durant, and a couple other play. And, uh, oh, God, uh, fucking Fred Van Vliet. Uh, like, that team would be really fucking good. Like, that could win a title. Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, Kevin Durant. At the very least is going to be one of the strongest contenders in the East. At the very least, it's that puts them in the Milwaukee and Boston category in the East of, like, real threats that could win it all. That's, I think, my... I think I'm going to go with that over the Dame things because it feels more realistic. I'm going to say... Because if, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm trying to demand Scotty Barnes out of the thing. And if I'm Toronto, I'm doing everything else possible to make sure we get to keep Scotty Barnes intact. Sure. But... I think Toronto is a very realistic underdog in this category. Cause I don't, I think there's a lot of other teams that would be too gun shy and afraid of risking that. Oh, KD doesn't want to come here. Fuck it. We're not going to trade for him. But I think Toronto understands like we're never going to get the superstar to voluntarily come here, but if we can rent him for two to three years with this young core, we've got, we might win another title. Imagine a world where Toronto has two titles in six years and it's all from two different rentals. one, Uh, one on the claw and one on Kevin Durant. And then after that, KD also
1: goes to the Clippers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but, like, no one in Toronto... I'm out, too. No one in Toronto can even be upset about that whole situation. you got a title out of the deal.
1: Yeah, well, KD leaves because he's like, why is furniture so expensive? I need $60,000 for, like, 1,300 square foot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so those are my answers. Uh, KD to win a title to Toronto... And DK Metcalf to Detroit for my own fandom.
1: I can dig it. I can dig it. Bring one my way. Draw All one. All right, bring in the heat. Just
0: a couple of those just to get that, prevent myself from getting up. Because I'm lazy. All right, I've got a few sitting in front of <sighs> me so I can uh, be lazy in the future here. Shotgun. That's right. Oh, this is a fun one. <laughs> if you were a pro wrestler, what would your entrance music be? <laughs>
1: Um, so I, I, I was recently in a wedding And I was asked this question What song I wanted to uh, Utilize as my entrance song being, being announced as one of the groomsmen And I wish I would have had a little more Time to, uh, to Consider this But it was pretty much posed to me as Hey I need an entrance song for you And I need it like as soon as possible Because I forgot to do this Perfect. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, play the game, help the cause. And uh, I I came up with with Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top on the fly. That's a good one on the fly. Which is probably maybe a little bit too much of a staple. I don't think it's very creative on my part. But it it works, right? So I think that the, the benefit from a pro wrestler's entrance song is that you don't need to worry about, like, offending grandma that's at the wedding. You can go any direction, yeah, you can. At all. Yeah, you, with you can. This, right? Um, I, I, thi- <laughs> I think if I was going to take this just from a sheer hedonistic self-serving approach, I would probably go with I Get Around by Tupac, only because I would hope that it would somehow get to the point where when the line drops where he says... The one that put the satin on your panties, I would have people throwing panties at me.
0: Nice, yeah, that's a that's a strong reason. And I feel and like that's the
1: kind of thing that could create itself in a pro wrestling walk up environment. I feel like once one girl does it, like two more will do it the next time, and like four more the next time. I feel oh, like there's a contagious. That's a
0: snow. That's a snowball effect for. Panty sure.
1: throwing is definitely a contagious activity.
0: Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I, I love that. I also like that it has a reference to the underground. Just don't stop for hoes, I know. Because we're down here in the underground, baby.
1: That's, that's it. I think that's my final answer.
0: Nice. It's a strong answer, sir. I dig <laughs> it. I like where your head's at. Nice. Hit me with a question, sir.
1: <laughs> I have one other one that's... Wrestling related, and I was hoping I wasn't going to draw it. Although, I guess I could just put it back and nobody would know. But I didn't draw it.
0: No, we're, we're keeping it honest around here. We'll get there. I when also we have get a couple
1: there. that are mascot based.
0: Ooh, God, I wish I had went mascot. I didn't even think about mascots. That would have been good.
1: This one happens to be mascot based. Fuck yeah.
0: Here we go. Love me some mascots.
1: It's also a two part question, which somehow became a theme of mine as well.
0: So I nice, just love a good two parter.
1: If you were a fruit or vegetable, What would you be and what team mascot would you most want to be eaten by?
0: Sweet. (laughs) Um, I think I'd be a watermelon. Perfect. Big, large, seedy, hard outside, seedy, juicy, juicy. Yeah, I was just getting (laughs) to juicy. Nice. Uh, yeah, just, uh, great for a summertime party, mostly beloved by all. Like yeah, I think I'd be a watermelon, and which mascot I would want eating me? Yeah. That's the other part of this. I yeah. just wanted to make sure I was a, uh, I had that part correct. As uh, a
1: watermelon, yeah. what mascot would you want to be eaten by?
0: Yeah. Um, I have to go with the Philly fanatic. I just think that thing, whatever that thing is, is it's one of my favorite mascots in the game, which I really hate saying because this, is, as everyone knows by now, or hopefully knows by now. We at D2B2 Sports do not really care for the state of Pennsylvania or any of the sports-related things within it. But I think the Philly Fanatic is my one exception to that rule, where I don't care for anything Philly or Pittsburgh sports-related, but I do care for this mascot a great deal. He's like my one exception to the Pennsylvania rule.
1: The fanatic also has a, a glorious long snout it oh, looks
0: phenomenal. Snout
1: conducive to spitting watermelon seeds. Yeah, I don't know. So if, it's like like eating... that was as soon as you said that, the first thing that came to my mind is just like this machine gun eruption of yeah. watermelon no, seeds. I
0: like the visual of the fanatic cracking the watermelon in half, eating the all the watermelon out of the shell. And then just like you're saying, machine gun spitting a bunch of seeds at somebody
1: into the stands. like a weapon. Yeah. Or, yeah,
0: just like into the stands, just like spraying down fans yeah. with fucking watermelon seeds. <laughs> yeah, I like I like that all quite a bit. So yeah, that's my answer. I'd be a watermelon and I'd get devoured and spit out by the Philly <laughs> fanatic. Fuck yeah, I feel good about that. That's done and done. Rock solid. Nice. Rock solid answer. Thank you. Thank you
1: very much. I'm up. I'm on the clock.
0: On the clock. Oh, I uh, I'm gonna also hit I'm gonna hit
1: the wrestler real quick. Yeah, do it
0: up. I also want to just tell the audience real quick that for my wrestler entrance music, I don't plan to answer all of my own questions, but I 100 percent would have uh, Paul Simon call me Al as my wrestler mu- as my theme music because I think that song is one of the greatest songs of all time and gets me insanely fucking hyped up.
1: I would like to see you participating in some large scale wrestling tournament. In which you come out to that song, but you come out to that song dressed in an elf costume, and you can call me Alf. And there's like some type of a elf mashup to the song. You
0: can call me Alf. That's pretty strong. I mean, I, I love the wordplay behind behind call me Alf. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm in that. That works for me. That's fine. I uh, yeah, I'm into that. That works for me. But uh, yeah, next question for you here. Well, that's a short and sweet one. Who is, the, in your opinion, the best professional athlete to never win a championship? <sighs> you can give me a few contenders here if you'd like. Oh, hello there. Our pal Sam coming
1: down to visit in the underground here. Uh, first one that comes to mind immediately is the mailman, right? I think Carl uh, Malone, I I believe second leading scorer all time, NBA? Is that right? So second is correct, sir. Fairly uh, confident.
0: Yeah, I think you're correct. Although LeBron's coming for him. LeBron's like nipping at his heels or about to pass him. Or <sighs> might have recently passed him.
1: Like I would actually like to see a, a picture or a video of LeBron physically nipping at Karl Malone's heels. Fighting yeah. his feet would be a, an image that I would like to say. I'm going to say Karl Malone, NBA. Uh, probably best pick and roll tandem all time in the NBA. I think that if Carl Malone played today, he would have landed on a roster late in his career that was title ready. Even if he wasn't necessarily a producer on that team, like he was, despite being at the tail end of his career when he went to LA and played with the Lakers on a team that should have won a title had your Detroit Pistons not gotten the way.
0: Damn right, son.
1: Go to work, Pistons. Huh? <laughs> Oh, hi, NFL, I think I've got a pretty easy answer for you. I think Dan Marino is going to be my uh, my NFL answer. Dan Marino has to be the best quarterback to never win an NFL title. Probably really was at the forefront of what ended up not happening for 20 years after he retired. I mean, Dan Marino was putting up 4,800 yards a season in the mid-80s when 4,000 yards was unheard of, right? right? I mean, now it's... 5,000 is a benchmark for a good season for a quarterback. It was 4,000 back then. Now, and he was approaching 5,000 during his time. I think, on a, on a personal level, I don't know that this falls in the category of best athlete to never win a title, but probably one of my favorite, personal favorite athletes of my actual lifetime who had a, a, a tremendous career, had some back injuries toward the later stages of his career that slowed down what was going to be a uh, one of the better first baseman careers of all time. It's going to be my boy Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly. Nice. Donnie Baseball. Don Mattingly, not only best mustache, possibly of all time, outside of uh, Raleigh Fingers, <laughs> I guess, baseball-wise. But uh, Don Baseball absolutely carried the Yankees through a terrible terrible time in terms of teen success in the nineteen eighties. His career was bookended by a World Series championship the year before he entered the majors and the year after he retired in nineteen ninety five. That's tough. But uh could have just hung on for one more year and just been like a like a relief hitter. It was it was time. It was his, his career was was definitely coming to a close. Sure. But uh seeing the way that that Yankee fans went nuts when he had a couple key hits in, uh, I guess what it would have been, the ALDS in 1995 in Yankee Stadium. That was one of the loudest times I've ever heard that stadium. Nice. That's going to be my, my personal fan-favorite answer would be Donnie Baseball.
0: I love it. Good shit, buddy. We've got our uh, pal Poppy down here breathing heavy. If that's I didn't suddenly start breathing way heavier than I normally do for the <laughs> That's just a cool dog hanging out by me. She's a, She's a walking cloud. You can find pictures of her on our social media feed because she's a perfect angel.
1: This is the perfect one for you. This one actually fits the two themes that I mentioned previously. Put any two sports mascots in a wrestling ring. Say that again. Put any two sports mascots in a wrestling ring. Ooh. Weapons are allowed, but only if they fit the mascot. Who wins?
0: All right, I'm gonna stew on that one for a quick second here. <laughs> like, part of, the, part of me started thinking about the weapon first, so I just went straight to like the couple of mask guys that have swords, essentially, <laughs> like cavaliers, Vikings, Buccaneers, etc. Yeah, uh, I don't think I want to go to a, just like a sword fight. I want to keep it mostly grappling and wrestling themed. Um, question: It can the, be an animal. Do the Buffalo Bills have a mascot really? I like, guess they're like a Buffalo Bill like
1: I don't I don't believe they actually have a mm mascot. Can I
0: pick a drunk Buffalo Bills fan because they put themselves through tables? I mean, that's a
1: very wrestling-appropriate activity, right?
0: Yeah, right. Like, uh, the, so if I pick just like a drunk Bills fan, can I? Can that just bomb himself
1: ta- through a beer pong table?
0: Well, like, no. I mean, in, in this situation, he'd bomb his opponent through the beer pong table instead of himself. But yeah, does he
1: get the weapon table? I would. I'm going to say yes, but there's a caveat. He gets the weapon of table. But he has to drink all the beer on the table first.
0: Okay, that's fine. I can work. I mean, that's just going to help his wrestling technique sure. anyway. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take a Buffalo Bills fan versus. Let me think of a good opponent for said Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> I'm tempted to take one of the sword ones and just like see this guy drunken dodging sword swipes. Mm. But uh, no, I don't want to quite do that. I want a little bit more of a balanced match here. I don't want to take the Philly fanatic again.
1: (laughs) Spitting watermelon seeds at the drunk Bills
0: fan. (laughs) Spitting me watermelon seeds at the drunk Bills fan. Um, Let's see. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? (laughs) <laughs> this is a weird one. I'm going to take the Georgia Bulldog, because it's just like a real-ass dog. <laughs> <laughs> All that dog does is sleep. It's
1: oh, yeah. just always sleeping on no, the sideline. No.
0: no, that's going to be the special guest referee. I'm sorry. So third mascot is the special guest referee, as is common in the wrestling world. Do Scott. you know
1: the name of the, the Georgia dog? No. I was about to look it up, and I didn't have to, because it came to mind as I was typing it. His, his name is Ugga. UGA? Like UGA, Uh, University of Georgia. Sure. UGA. I think Uh, they're on, like, UGA the 4th now. Nice.
0: Well, UGA is going to be the special guest referee just for a cute dog presence, napping in the corner primarily, but in the traditional white and black striped shirt. Uh, So that's a little caveat to the match as well. Uh, As everyone knows, special guest referees are really just kangaroo court and professional wrestling anyway. Um... I'm going to go with the Stanford Cardinal, the dude in a tree costume, (laughs) but he gets to use real tree branches like switches and swing them on. So it's going to be like the Stanford Cardinal with fucking like a switch in each hand, essentially. Can you put Adrian Peterson in the Stanford Cardinal outfit? (laughs) I mean, the upside is he's really broke these days, so you could probably hire him for the right price. Like, I'm pretty sure Adrian Peterson's pretty willing to take most work right now since he spent the first 12 years of his career getting swindled by his manager. So bad. So insane. How do you go that long getting swindled by your manager? I can understand, like, your whole rookie contract. But once you're, like, a four- to five-year vet in the NFL, don't you, like, talk to your peers and hear the deals they have and be like, man, I'm getting fucking screwed over here? <laughs> Like, don't you just look around and be like, shit, uh, this is not going well. Anyway, enough about AP. Yeah, I'm going with the Stanford Cardinal and its tree branches against a drunk Bills fan who has to chug a bunch of beers off the table to use said table. So it's going to be a lot of, like, chasing around early and there's going to be some punches and kicks. Luckily for the drunk Bills fan, the Cardinals kind of got a waddle walk to it. Because, you know, it's like a really lumbering costume. Uh, and if you can just, like, knock it down a couple a, times, it takes a minute to get up again. So the Bills fan really just has to shove the cardinal over a few times just to create space to chug beers
1: to get the table ready for the finishing move. Was lumbering an intentional wood pun, being that you're talking about a tree? or did No, that just, it was that, not. That it was happened. just
0: a beautiful pun that happened on accident, which I'm very proud of now in retrospect.
1: What about... The, the thing that came to my mind as we were talking about this, I didn't think about I really it.
0: pine for good puns like oh,
1: these. I, 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 <laughs> I didn't think about it until we actually started discussing it, until you started giving me your answer. But do you remember, I don't think this is around anymore. Do you remember the Phoenix Suns Gorilla? I do remember the Phoenix Suns Gorilla.
0: That thing was athletic as shit. It was incredibly athletic. The the, the trampoline
1: slam dunks and shit. Yes, yes. I was thinking like a a Phoenix Suns Gorilla with like a portable trampoline that it's like throwing all around the ring and just like bouncing and flipping all over the place while getting chased by a drunk Bills fan.
0: Yeah, that's a great match as well. Bouncing, flying,
1: flipping all over the ring. No, you know
0: what's great here? What it is, so it's the Cardinal versus the drunk Bills fan. But in classic wrestling fashion, the Phoenix Suns Gorilla comes comes out of nowhere through the match to attack. It looks like he's about to attack the Bills fan, but then he heel turns and attacks the Cardinal instead. (laughs) Like he he sets up the trampoline and it looks like he's about to dive at the Bills fan and like splash the Bills fan (laughs) through his own table. And then he suddenly turns his head, looks at the Cardinal and does like a double front flip frog splash thing onto the Cardinal. Yeah, that's how the match goes. Good stuff. That's it. Drunk Bills fan then finishes off the Cardinal by putting it through the table. And one, two, three. Done. Lights out Cardinal. Victory Bills fan. <laughs> yeah, that's a good match. I'd watch that. That's it. That's my whole answer. Let's go. All right. I have to ask a question now. That's the format. That's the thing we're doing. That's the order. Yeah, That's how you, you asked a question, so
1: now I'll ask a question. All right, That's sweet. And then I'm going to ask another one later.
0: This is my uh, this one's like in the middle of silly and serious sports adjacent. If you could go on a cruise with any athlete, who would it be? This oh. is similar. we've talked about this from the Vegas angle lately on a different show. But uh yeah, good party trip with a pro athlete, this time cruise
1: setting. Who are you going with? The the first answer that comes to mind, which I don't think is going to be my final answer, but the first the first thing that comes to mind is is Gronk. Which I think is really just nothing than the abundance of videos and attention that Gronk gets for having no shame in the fact that he likes to party.
0: Yeah, Gronk is always going to be in the category of people you to go party with.
1: Which sure. I'm a fan of. Yeah. However, I'm going to phrase this very carefully. I, I'm inclined to think, <laughs> I have this no disrespect towards Gronk when I say this, I'm inclined to think that Gronk would be a lot of fun to hang out with for like a day. But yeah. I don't know that I'd want to endure an entire cruise hanging oh, yeah. out with. Graham. I particularly chose a
0: cruise because you're a bit more trapped you're with stuck. the person you're than there. like Vegas. Y'all, you can kind of dip out and do your own thing if you get tired of who you're with.
1: Yeah, a cruise, you're on the boat. Uh-uh, you're not off. The, yeah, you're not. Well, hopefully, you're not getting off the ship. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you up.
0: got some like port visits here and there, yeah. but like, yeah, you're
1: spending some quality time with whoever you're with. Yeah, I would. I possibly consider Michael Phelps because I could just throw him off the ship <laughs> if I got tired of him and not have to worry about him like dying because he could just swim eighty miles to shore as long as you knew what direction to go so I guess that would the safe route would be if I were concerned about hanging out with a stranger that would be the one that I could confidently throw overboard
0: I like that your exit approach here. Without isn't just worrying like... about
1: his life or the fact that I could be charged with murder. Right. He would just...
0: I like that your avoid the athlete if you're sick of them approach isn't like just hang out in a different part of the <laughs> ship or just like leave the cruise yourself. It's no nope, man overboard. Them over, Fuck yeah. you. Walk the plank. Uh, I, I That leads to a side question back to you here real quick. Which is, uh, in addition to this, is do you think you could physically fight Michael Phelps to the point where you could toss him overboard? Or do you think he just winds up tossing you overboard? Because that I, jacked.
1: Well, it's, 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 Michael Phelps is a very physically imposing individual, but I have read some articles that uh Michael Phelps also likes to party from time to time. So I would probably only be able to gun him overboard after he was in full Buffalo Bills fan fashion.
0: Oh fair enough. Yeah. So you're you're talking about a very inebriated Michael Phelps you're talking right. overboard.
1: Yeah. Still still relying on his skills to swim several miles. I'm banking on the fact that listen I mean, I don't... Hammered, but still going to swim those several miles. Well, I mean, I, I feel like if you were, like, a marathon runner, like, you could still run a long way if you were drunk, right? I mean, hypothetically, yeah. Like, I don't... I mean, if you're an Olympic-level swimmer, like, I don't think you forget how to swim just because you're wasted.
0: That's fair. Hopefully. 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 Fingers crossed. Although,
1: I guess I would not, for example, translate that to an car driver who you might not want to drive 40 miles... <laughs> Hammers. <laughs> I hey, go drive this car 200 miles an hour drunk <laughs> loaded yeah but i think swimming is safe i would i would say that's
0: yeah i mean safer than indie car racing yes <laughs> so are you going with michael phelps or do you have a uh, uh... no i'm certainly not going no, with michael no that's just not another in, consideration that's
1: fine all right quite frankly we got so far off track i haven't even continued my thought process i was just excited about throwing somebody overboard i guess
0: yeah no i mean the michael phelps idea was strong there for sure there's a, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of good contenders in this category. It's a, it's I know. A loaded, it's a loaded category about getting loaded with uh-huh. this athlete.
1: Uh-huh. I'm, I'm narrowing down a couple of different thoughts that I'm having. I, I have one that's just, like, very homerish that I think I'm going to leave alone. No, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with my Homer-ish, uh, my Homer-ish selection after some serious debate. Um, and maybe this is just because it's fresh in my mind, because I've been watching this docuseries. But I, I'm going to go Derek Jeter, not only because I'm a huge fan, but I think that this general approach would equate to like being fun to hang out with, not getting insanely rowdy or out of control, being social and courteous to hang out with, but also like undercover hilarious. Like there was this segment where they were talking about the the gift basket that apparently like somehow I don't know. Jeter denies it that he ever yeah, was. Yeah, he actually still denies it. But
0: the the synonymous
1: story about him is it kind of seems like the story has too many legs to have zero truth to it. I think yeah, it probably... I'm pretty
0: confident the gift basket thing's real.
1: I think it's real, but I don't think it's, like, every chick that came over, like, got a gift basket. Like, I think it probably happened, but I think the story probably took maybe some courtesies of its own along the way. The fact that there's likely at least more
0: than one woman who received a gift basket. Even if there's only
1: one, it's insane. <laughs> it's
0: awesome. But. It's amazing stuff. I, I, while I, I, If again, it's only one, I want to know who that woman is and what she did sexually that <sighs> led to him wanting to give a gift basket. Well. If it's many, it just makes me think, gee, there's a nice guy.
1: This is, all right. I think the way that this actually Initially came out And the way that the story went the direction Of that this must happen to like Every girl that Visits Jeter's condo Is that apparently one woman Claims that she got two gift baskets. Oh, the double up. Like she came over a second time and got another gift basket and she was like, does this dude not remember that I was already here? Hang on. I want to know were they the same gift basket or are these custom I, gift I, baskets? I, a, a, apparently they were like had the same things. In the, like maybe not exactly the same, <laughs> but like the same
0: Round about type the of same. things.
1: Yeah. All right, nice. But where I'm going where I think the kind of things that like Jeter would say that I would find to be entertaining or fun to hang out with kind of like mock the way that my sense of humor works is there's this the scene in the docu-series where he's telling a story about how one line he's in line at like a Starbucks or a a fucking Panera or something I think it was a Starbucks and some guy behind him you know taps him on the shoulder and he's like hey man I just wanted to tell you that I I think that gift basket idea is hilarious and I started doing that to girls too and I guess Jeter just looks at him and says you're a fucking idiot (laughs) Fuck, yeah. Like, that's it. That's yeah. like his only response. It's like Whole response. You're a fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, that is that is hilarious. to me. The Jeter answer is funny to me because he's in that category of athletes who are largely considered boring by the media, but that's mostly because they just never gave that much to the media. They just weren't the type to, like, f- give them their fodder.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think was also, like, smart enough to know how to go out and, like, have fun but not get caught up in, like, stupid things.
0: Yeah, you, you don't wind up dating the various uh, women that we know he's dated without being, like, into having some fun.
1: That's where I'm going. I'm cruising with Jeter.
0: Cruising with Jeter. Right Huh, buddy. Right Huh. Dig it.
1: Are you ready for this one?
0: <laughs> I'm very ready for this one. Yeah, Yeah, the look on your face has me pumped
1: and ready. The biathlon combines two sports that don't particularly mesh. Do you know what the biathlon is? I do. It's the swimming and biking, right? No. Oh, no. I'm, I'm about sorry. The, uh, the this winter is the, Olympics. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, no. This is the flatland skiing. Cross country skiing. Cross country skiing. skiing with rifle shooting. Yes. Which is a top three Olympic event for me in either summer or winter Olympics. Like it's pretty much this curling. And I think that that's the top tier. I think those two are, like, are the top tier. Curling
1: and the biathlon. Yeah. Curling is actually pretty amazing to
0: watch. Curling's fucking so fun to watch. Anyway, yeah, all right. So tell me, let's talk about the biathlon.
1: Well, so those are your top two. If you were going to (laughs) hypothetically make what would be number one hands down, choose two other Olympic events and combine them for the perfect competition.
0: I have a similar question to this for you coming down the bend eventually. (laughs) It's not Olympic events related, but yeah, I have a similar question on the horizon. That's hilarious. (laughs) All right. Uh, Two Olympic events to make the ultimate Olympic event.
1: To give you a little bit of courtesy, a little extension here, I don't care how you divvy up summer and winter, or if you want to pick one from each, have at it.
0: All right. No, I I have a pretty good tandem, in fact. Um, So... The first base of the event is water polo. Excellent. We're starting with water polo. That's like the base form of the game that we're going to be playing here.
1: Okay, so we're in a pool.
0: So we're in a pool. We're wearing swim caps. Swim caps. You got your toenails grown out so that you can gouge people underwater, which I hear is a big part of the water polo game. Yeah, you're literally just rocking talons to scratch people under the water Wait, are you being serious? No, I swear to God. This is a thing? Yeah, this is a thing. Water polo is a fucking vicious
1: game. That is sketch as hell.
0: Yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah, apparently it's hyper violent. Like that this is the thing I've read more than once about water polo, is that it is like aggressively violent. Under Think the about water. The,
1: the polarizing difference to male swimmers who shave their legs and water polo players who grow their toenails as weapons.
0: <laughs> yeah, you gotta have your talons, man. <laughs> yeah, you're you're fucking up in water polo if you don't have your talons. Um so we're actually gonna combine the water polo. With archery, <laughs> and, <laughs> so you're in the water, you got a bow and arrow on your back, and you have to like tread and shoot some targets behind a goal. And there's a goalie. There is a goalie that is stopping you. Yeah, but the goalie is wearing like insane pads, like like uh, like uh, like you know those suits, like that- just
1: rugged leather catcher gear that's covering their entire.
0: Yeah, well, I picture even fatter, like, uh, so the goals are in, like, the, sh- there's brief shallow sides, so the goalie can't stand upright, doesn't have to tread water like the rest of the field. Good. And the goalie... You gotta have a lot of gear on if you yeah, No, Yeah, a lot of gear. Well, the thing, so I'm picturing the gear as, like, uh, you know those, uh, suits you see police officers in that are training, like, drug dogs? It, and you get, <coughs> like, they get, like, chased down and the drug dog, like, jumps up and bites their arm and shit? <laughs> like, like...
1: Bomb squad gear?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's like that level of thick gear so that if they can, like, dive out and prevent an arrow from hitting a target, it doesn't then penetrate and kill them.
1: Do they get a shield or just their body?
0: Ooh, I like the shield idea. I'm willing to add a shield on
1: here. So, yeah, it's
0: water polo, but instead of a ball... It's a bunch of bows and arrows, and you got, like... A bunch of bows and <laughs> arrows.
1: Yeah. I was envisioning, like, there's one bow that, like, the team is fighting for a possession of. Ooh,
0: all right, I'm into that, too. I could go that direction on it, but I was picturing, like, three shooters on each team and, like, three defense people who are trying to fuck with the shooters on each team.
1: Maybe only they have the shields, and the goalie has no shield, but just awesome padding.
0: Oh, there we go. So Yeah, see, the game's evolving here, but, <laughs> yeah, it's water polo meets archery. Yeah the game I'm inventing it's, out of. This a is
1: basically with. medieval quidditch in a pool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah it is. Yeah, take the brooms out of it, add a pool to it. Yeah, there's a few different targets like there is quidditch goals. Nice. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is great stuff.
1: The game is really uh, coming together nicely. I like the I like the the direction you took yeah, this. That, I'm this, eager to see what my how mine my question yeah. comes at me in this format.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's I think I think that's the combo I'd go with. Uh, archery and water polo. Because I don't really (laughs) want to fuck with the the, uh, curling formula. I think curling's just right as it is. I'm not trying to add anything to curling to make it better, because I can't. It's already as good as it's going to be. It's already the perfect sport. All right. Yeah. Oh, I mentioned earlier, I had a beaver-related question. (laughs) We've now gotten to the beaver-related question. It's beaver time. It's beaver time. In a game of tennis... Who would win, a
1: beaver or a duckbill platypus? Oh, duckbill platypus, tremendous creature! Tremendous God's creature! God's Practical joke on life. Uh, shout out Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you were gonna get that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The dogma. Is that dogma? Beginning Bam. of
0: dogma. It's like nice. it's like a, it's like inspirational quote typed out at the beginning of dogma. <laughs> like uh, it's just like words on the screen. No one even says it.
1: In a game of tennis. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take you. I on picked
0: the, these animals specifically because they also have like long tails.
1: So I I'm picturing them
0: like having a racket and the ability to hit the tennis ball with their tails.
1: So that's where I I feel like when I say things like this, the average listener is probably gonna just resign themselves to the fact that I should maybe speak to a therapist. But my first thought process was something NBA jam like, where after the beaver gets a couple of points in a row, he like goes on fire like basketball players did in NBA Jam, and he's just doing insane spin flip moves that involves him smashing the tennis ball with his tail all over the place, and the poor duck-billed platypus is just getting pummeled all over the court. However, on the flip side, I think that the duck-billed platypus would have a massive advantage in a game of table tennis. Ah. So I think platypus... Build and size built for ping pong, whereas I think that just by sheer court size, along with the ability to have animated super moves NBA jam style, I think the beaver going to take him on a full size court.
0: That's a pretty fair answer, sir. I like so you use the NBA Jam comparison, but it's also like Mario Tennis, like where like the Mario Tennis characters get like charged up and they get like a super. Oh, they go on fire too. Pretty, it's pretty similar. Yeah, they have like they have like a super move. They like build up their meter too, and then like you can like use the super move at any time once you've built it up, essentially. But it's basically like an unstoppable like hit back at the at your opponent. The super move thing—I forget what they call it—but it's pretty similar to the NBA Jam thing. But I like it. That's a, that's, a, that's a good analysis on the animal versus animal tennis match. That's where I'm going. Nice. All right. Quick follow-up, just to, like while Ooh. we're on the note of tennis, I'm going to throw a surprise follow-up in the oh. mix. If you could pick any two animals to put on the ultimate game of tennis, like the tightest match in tennis you can think of in the animal kingdom, what two animals so, are you pitting against each what other? What we're looking for is the most competitive. Yeah, most competitively balanced game of tennis. Amongst two animals that you think would be good at tennis as well. It's not competitively balanced because they both suck. Like, it's competitively balanced because they're both so talented at tennis.
1: Yeah. So, like, an elephant that would just, like, block the entire court. That's not entertaining.
0: No. It's just like a tennis ball hitting
1: repeatedly. Not a very limber animal. As
0: much as I fucking love elephants.
1: Okay. Can I... Negotiate the size of the tennis court. Can we play this on a smaller size Yeah,
0: we can court? certainly go smaller tennis court. Like if yeah. you're going like two smaller animals for sure. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Same ratio of yeah, length yeah. to width, net height, everything, yeah, but I just shrink scale it. Scale down. down. A bit. Yeah. Okay. I'm perfect. I'm
0: about that. That's fine. I like adorable tiny tennis. Ooh.
1: And we're looking for competitive combined with a relatively high level of talent for yes. real life animals. Yeah,
0: I want a I want a close match.
1: Nice. Um, whew, buddy boy.
0: Cause I actually like formulated the beaver versus the platypus yeah. with the intention of a close match. That was actually like the weird close match I could think of where it wasn't just like this type of bear versus this other type of bear.
1: <laughs> so I think I'm going to go. These are both very small creatures, but they are quick, they're agile, and I like to think fairly coordinated, but my theory here is that I'm putting a spider monkey on one side of the court because I think... If you're talking about just sheer manual dexterity, animals that are good at using their hands, I think a monkey has to be the top of the list, right?
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, they have thoughts.
1: Do any monkeys use... Or I'm sorry, do any animals have a comparable level of manual dexterity outside of monkeys?
0: I mean, it's a different type of manual dexterity, but I would say, like, cats, just with their, like, abilities of, like, climbing and using their claws in, like, that type of way. Batting. And batting are, like, reasonably close, that but would be still like, not to the monkey level because of the lack of thumbs.
1: That'd be like a tether ball. I think tetherball... ball. sloth,
0: technically, also wanna, has
1: imposable thumbs. Very small court. Can't cover a lot of ground.
0: Well, yeah, no, I mean, the sloth, as, as we discussed earlier, is terrible athlete. But, like, <laughs> does have the thumbs, I mean, like...
1: So I'm going spider monkey on one side, and I'm going to put a prairie dog on the other side. But I'm going to give the prairie dog the ability to burrow under the ground and create tunnels to different sides of the court. Uh-huh. Because I think it gives them the ability for uh, surprise attacks.
0: I like that. Yeah, just like popping surprise up out of the ground. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Maybe if, you, if the prairie dog sees the spider monkey approaching the net... It can go underground, and then the spider monkey's not going to know where the prairie dog's going to pop up, and maybe it pops up right in front of the net and volleys the ball, smacks the ball right back at it like a volleyball block.
0: I like this matchup. That's a, that's a very a matchup. Spider monkey, prairie dog. Nice. Nice. Thank you for the fo- uh, bonus follow-up there, uh, <laughs> for answering so vividly. Thank you.
1: The question I just drew for you, it's fun, but it's not absolute nonsense. This is actually like a legitimately right. Legitimate sports-based okay, here we go. question. Uh, describe your favorite sports memory as a fan.
0: Oh, uh, this is actually a pretty easy one for me because really? it's like one of the first big ones for me. So I wasn't very into sports all through like high school. Um, I was a big artsy kid, big into like theater and choir and things of that nature. And uh, I always had my eye on... I was enjoyed basketball the most, but didn't watch a ton of it. I'd, I'd watch some Pistons games at home occasionally and stuff. Sure. But that whole Oh three Oh four run that you just mentioned earlier in which the go to work Pistons took out the fucking Shaq, Kobe, Carl Malone, Gary Payton led Lakers in five games, five or six. It was a series, right? five game yeah. series, five games. Um, that whole season I had been watching more Pistons than I had ever really watched any sport. Um, so the the clinching game of that series, I was a, I had just finished my junior year of high school. Okay. And was very drunk with <laughs> several friends. Was uh,
1: this was this your Jaeger and Mountain Dew days?
0: Uh this was actually pre my Jaeger days. Jesus. Like this was uh I was as a I was sixteen, almost seventeen at this point, And uh, I was very into I drank a lot of Bacardi O and orange soda. Mm. That was one of my go-tos. And just a lot of, like, Bud Lights when we would do, like, cases of Bud Light and play Waterfalls and shit.
1: Yeah, we drank a lot of uh, Bacardi Limon when I was that age. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think Bacardi O was out yet.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I was Bacardi O and beer drunk that night. (laughs) And we were watching the basketball game and playing drinking games. And the whole party just became a massive Pistons celebration. And um from there, my interest in basketball just kept growing astronomically after celebrating that championship and that was like the first championship of any kind I ever really got to celebrate that I gave a shit about. That was an exciting Like uh, local outside the Re- like style. the Red Wings, my family was all a big Red Wings fan like we were all big Red Wings people. Sure. so obviously by then I had gotten several Red Wings championships in my life. Those were, like, fun with the family. But this was the first sport, like, I took a passionate interest in my own where no one else in my family gave a shit about basketball but me. Well,
1: I think most people would agree that it's always... I think most people would agree. I I absolutely feel this way. But it's so much more satisfying and exciting from a fan perspective when your team is not supposed to win.
0: Oh, yeah. Underdog shit feels real good.
1: I mean, this was a Kobe, Shaq, Carl Lamone, Gary Payton... Fresh off I a 3 I think Glenn Rice was still on that team. Yeah. Like, I mean, this was a ridiculously talented L.A. Yeah. Lakers team. The no, Pistons were. It was were, a bunch
0: of vets hoping to cash in on a title
1: by joining the three-peat Lakers of Shaq and Kobe. The Pistons were just a team with no real star-caliber players at all. They were kind of billed as, like, a hard-working – I think let's go to work was their, their it was, team the, theme I, I, back the, uh, in the day. They're right? referred to still as the go-to-work Pistons. Yeah. But really just – I mean, not giving – the A NBA, shot by anybody in the finals. The NBA Nobody, just
0: recently right? released their top seventy-five players of all time in celebration of their seventy-fifth anniversary. Yeah, and th- that '04 Pistons is the only team in this in the history of the league that had none. That has none of those seventy-five players in it. Really? Yeah, the closest was like Chauncey Billups was at like eighty-four or something like that, or like is like deep, is off, pretty close
1: off the list, but. I'd- off the top of my head, I find it insane that he's even that high.
0: Yeah, I, Or it might have might have been one of the Wallaces, and he was even lower. But yeah, like one of the Wallaces, either Rashid or Ben, was reasonably close to the seventy five. Yeah. But like, yeah, banana stuff. That was just a really uh, that that starting five was just such a balanced unit. That was fun. That was a fun a fun run without a doubt. Yeah, Ben Wallace was like the only player I had ever seen slow Shack down to that level. Sure. And Shaq still had, like, strong numbers in that series, but just slowed him down enough compared to the 30, 15, and 4 blocks he was accustomed to. Bonkers. Bonkers. Shaq is still the most, like, insane athlete I've ever watched in a sport in his prime. Just, like, when you look at all the other players surrounding them compared to them, Shaq was just fucking insane to watch.
1: Yeah, a pretty ludicrous combination of size and speed. Yeah. Despite, like... I mean, maybe not speed long-term, but, like, explosiveness burst, would be a good way of putting burst, it. Burst, right? explosiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Those, those adjectives are great for him. Yeah, so I, that's a pretty easy answer for me, the 0-4 championship run. That was the first, like, huge sports memory in my life. I can take it. Ending on the note of the greatest basketball team of all time, the 2004 Detroit Pistons, feels like a pretty good spot for this episode. Jump back in on Monday, not Sunday, like I said in the introduction, because I'm too lazy to fix that stuff right now. And check out the thrilling conclusion to the first edition of Grab Back Silly Questions. Silly Grab Bags. Make sure to check out the other fun stuff we're doing here at Good Fun Media, including After the Laugh Track, our sitcom podcast, which just dropped a preview episode today, and Morons of the Multiverse, our Marvel fandom podcast, which we'll be dropping in about two to three weeks. Thanks for checking us out once again, y'all.